Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. This is number 265. Kurt Mortensen here. As we've been spending time talking about presence and magnetism and attraction and charisma, we're going to finish that up today and talk about ways to be more magnetic and get people to want to be around you, how to increase your presence. Feels like we've been talking about this for a while because we have, but your emails keep telling me this is what you want to talk about. But I'm going to cap it off here. This is the final episode on presence. There's some other things we need to answer. But from what I'm hearing, it's helping you out. You're getting more tools and you're being more successful. And that is what this podcast is all about to get more tools, the tools we should have learned in school. So first of all, it's good to be back in the States. I just got back from the Middle East, going back next month to Egypt. But I am back, came from the Middle East to San Francisco, and I'm cold. Now, San Francisco is always cold, but I'm feeling really cold. It's cold. It's damp. Wow, I don't know what the deal is. I tried to walk through Chinatown and Pier 47 to get some food, but it was so cold. I was just tempted to get hotel food. Of course, that's never good, but, you know, Chinatown's always good. Good, authentic Chinese food. And, of course, Pier 47, always good to get clam chowder in a hot sourdough bowl. Anyway, we've got to talk about food. Just did. Good to be back in the country after doing 10 seminars in 12 days. I'll be glad to get some rest and take some time off. Let's do our Persuasion Ninja. This was recommended by Sarah, one of our coaching students, that Floby needs to be a ninja. And I'd heard about it before. I ain't even talked about it before. I don't know if it needs to be a ninja, but we'll make it an honorary ninja for you, Sarah, because you love your ninja, because you love your Floby. And basically what a Floby is, if you don't know, it's a hair-cutting machine that hooks up to a vacuum cleaner. It's actually a pretty good idea. came out in 1986, mostly on infomercials. I actually won a patent because when you cut hair, hair gets every place. So it solves that by not only by sucking up the hair and putting it in the vacuum cleaner, but you suck your hair, you can adjust it, say, three inches, and cut your hair all exactly three inches all the way around. Perfect haircut, no hair. <laughs> and they have this new kind of cult following. Rumor has it that 2 million Flobies have been sold. Now, the first one came out wasn't perfect. I think there's been three or four different revisions over the year. But you've seen it in movies. It's become this cult thing. Have you ever seen Wayne's World? It was on Wayne's World. It was on the fourth hour. And even the spy next door. You see these things everywhere. So I'm going to give it to the ninja. I'll agree with you, Sarah. They've created something that has this cult following that people talk about. They've created their own marketing by word of mouth. Even though it came out, it wasn't perfect. It had some glitches there in the beginning. It has stayed strong, and I will not be surprised if we see another infomercial with it because it makes a lot of sense. So, Sarah, this one's out for you because you wanted the Floby to be the ninja, and maybe it's just validation for your own Floby and you need to let me know, are you cutting your own hair with your Floby or your kid's hair or your dog's or cat's hair? Let me know. I'd like to know. That is your Ninja of the Week. Not only for their marketing, 
but creating a social cult almost, a following, and creating something that has sold 2 million pieces, probably mostly word of mouth. So Floby, you are the ninja. From there, we've got to go to our geeky article of the week. This is our friend Brian Wansink. Oh, boy! He's the one that studies influence and food and subconscious trigger. If you want to hear the Maximize Your Influence podcast interview with him, it's 159. He's at Stanford University, and he's done the research on plate size, on cup size, and appetite, how much you eat. Where you sit at an all-you-can-eat restaurant will depend how much you eat. When you smell popcorn, even though it's a month old, you still eat the same amount. It's been fascinating, the research he's done, especially when you talk about the world of dieting. How close that bowl of chocolate candies is to you is the biggest indicator of how much you eat. Is it on your desk? Is it in a drawer in your desk? Is it on a table on the other side of the room? Is it in another room? The further you get it away, the less you're going to eat. It's science. That's what he focuses on. And he does fascinating research. So shout out to Brian Wansink. This one's called Bottomless Bowls. You might have seen this in a documentary. And of course, his question is, do Americans eat more than necessary? And of course, well, duh. I think everyone in the world, this is a challenge worldwide, not just in the United States. But it finds out that environmental cues can impact on how much we eat. And we don't even know it. So we got all his professors together, and they were seated at a table, four at a time, eating soup. And so they had other participants at the table. And what they did with these tables, they drilled a hole underneath the table, and they attached these tubes to these bowls of soup. And the participants didn't know that these bowls are out there. What would happen? They would eat, and they'd be talking, eating and talking, and slowly, and below the radar, these tubes refilled the bowls. And they kept eating and kept eating from these bottomless bowls. They would never be finished. Well, they find out that they ate 73% more. It wasn't even on the radar. They just kept eating because you look for the visual cue of the soup to be gone, and it was never gone. And when they asked how many calories they ate, it was 32 fewer calories than they actually did because it's hard for us to gauge how much we ate and what the calories would actually be. And what's even more interesting is a group with the bottomless bowls felt just as satisfied as those with the normal bowls. And afterwards, the participants admitted that they usually eat until they reach the bottom of the bowl and usually clean their plate when they're at home because that's what mom said to do. But this time they didn't, but they ate 73% more because of that visual cue. Fascinating how everything around us changes how we are influenced. So ponder that this week as we get into how magnetism and attraction increase persuasion, the presence, the charisma we've been talking about. This is going to be it in this series. We've been doing this for the last, what, five weeks at least, talking about this. And I'm glad you're enjoying it. Do appreciate the feedback, but I need to make this a final piece so we can move on to other emails. But this has been the bulk of the emails, so I'm going to continue in this and take a dive on here. Now, if you really want to take a deeper dive into charisma, either get lots of charisma in my book or the charisma training series that's part of InfluenceUniversity.com. Or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com and take a look at the different products. There's a whole series, a video series on each one of the aspects of charisma that you have access to. Let me know if you have any questions at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Well, let's talk about this final piece, the energy and congruence you need. We talked about this a little bit last week, and that was the theme I got. I mean, how do you increase that energy in the room? How do you increase that transfer of energy? How do you have more energy? 
Because if you don't have the energy, you can't transfer the energy. And if you're not transferring the energy, you're probably sucking the energy out of them. And we know that's anti-suasion or anti-charismatic or anti-prismatic. So we're probably not. We're not having the right type of presence. We just make up words on the show sometimes. It just sounds better. Anti-prismatic. <laughs> Pretty good word. We'll just have to see if it sticks. So I noticed through the years of research, doing research for the book, Laws of Charisma, the energy, balance, vibrant well-being is a big part of the picture. In fact, a few weeks ago, we talked about balance. We talked about the six areas of your life that you need to be working on to have that balance because no balance, no energy. But you have to realize, whether you like it or not, Tony Robbins says, the higher energy level, the more efficient your body, the more efficient your body, the better you feel, and the more you will use your talent to produce outstanding results. And I don't know anybody more charismatic, more energetic than Tony Robbins. And you might not agree with everything he says or the type of profanity he tends to use. He's very charismatic, has high energy. He'll go 12, 14, 16 hours a day, and it doesn't seem to phase him. Now, I'm sure he sleeps pretty good at that night, but there's something about energy, and he's really good at having energy, having charisma, having presence, being magnetic. It all comes down to you. You have to have the energy. Reality is no energy, no presence, no magnetism, no charisma. And the research shows that leaders have high levels of energy. They're actively involved. Part of that energy is having good friends, good relationships. And when that happens, you're healthier, you have more energy, you're more vibrant. Those positive social ties also help you increase your ability to fight disease. And what was even more fascinating, that religion and prayer decrease your chance of getting cancer and heart disease. And you're happier and have more energy. So take what works for you, benchmark it, use it, be a student, not a follower. But that's interesting things the research has found when we talk about energy. So what are we talking about here? We mentioned this a few weeks ago, health, enthusiasm, energy is all part of this. Your health plan, finding the time to exercise, finding the time to eat right, finding the time to be healthy, finding the time to sleep, whatever it is. What is your weak link there? Because if you're exhausted, your audience is going to be exhausted, whether it's a group or one-on-one. -on -one. You have to transfer that energy. To be magnetic, you have to have energy, which is a function of that balance and alignment we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember, we talked about the six areas. Physical, right? your physical body, having a health plan. Intellectual, personal development, learning and growing every day. Social, your relationships. We talked about that a little bit today. Spiritual, having a spiritual plan, whether that's serving, giving back, meditation, giving back to nature, organized religion, doesn't matter, but we all have a spiritual side to us. Understanding your emotions, your emotional intelligence, dealing with your negative emotions, understanding your positive emotions. And when we can't pay the bills, it affects every aspect of our life. And so there's a key thing there. So there's your energy. A couple pieces here that we've talked about, your energy, bringing your energy together, understanding this energy. But you also have to understand how do you increase energy in a room, whether it be one-on-one -on -one or a group, that's the other half. Because maybe you are feeling a little tired. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you had too many Twinkies or ribeyes or whatever it is that you shouldn't be eating. Well, the other half too is you need to maintain and increase energy in the room. So how do you do that? How do you change the energy in the room? As I teach persuasive presentations, too many people feel the energy getting sucked out of the room so they just speak faster. They go through the motions faster. They just want to be done. And that's the worst thing you can do. That's the opposite of what you want to do. When you feel like you've lost energy, lost their attention, you've got to switch gears. 
you have to remember that the mind can absorb what the seat can endure. Have you heard that one before? Absolutely. So maybe you need a break. And that could depend on cultures. I know some cultures have to take more caffeine and nicotine breaks than other cultures. Maybe you need to break for lunch. Maybe you need to provide coffee. Maybe you need a snack in the afternoon. Maybe you need more light, more fresh air. Those are things that increase energy in the room. Maybe you need to have a higher ceiling. We've talked about that before, how it increases your ability to influence. Maybe you need to be on a platform. Maybe you need to switch gears more often. You need to treat this, as we've talked about, edutainment. Be more entertaining and more engaging. Treat it like a show on TV where every 12, 15 minutes you're switching it up. Time for a video. Time for a group exercise. Let's do rhetorical questions. Let's do an exercise. Let's work on a personal thing. Let's tell a joke. Let's look at some PowerPoint. Switch things up. Change things up. And that makes a huge difference. Maybe you need to have the audience stand up. If you're the really feeling, all right, everyone stand up. We've been here for a long time. Everyone raise your hands. One thing, and I don't know if you can get away with this. I saw this with my good friend Mark Victor Hansen. He's the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. He, <laughs> you know, I've never done this. He gets away with it. Maybe there's lawsuits here. I don't know. But he has everyone stand up, right? You know, stretch a little bit. Sometimes they're playing music. They get people to dance. Again, it depends on the atmosphere and the environment and the people that you've invited. But he has people turn to the right and massage their neighbor's shoulders to the right and then turn to the left and massage their neighbor's shoulders on the left. Again, does that work for you? I don't know. But hey, man, does it really increase the energy of the room? I don't know if it's because people are getting slapped or they enjoy the massage or they're just glad to do something different. Again, standing up in any form can make a huge difference in the energy of the person. Getting them to do a group exercise, working together, creating movements, choosing a partner across the other side of the room. I've done scavenger type hunts. This works really well in the Middle East where they have to find 10 things up on the overhead projector of the 10 different people in the room. Maybe they need to find someone who's been hair shooting, someone who likes Brussels sprouts, someone whose favorite color is purple, someone who's been to Brazil, right? Those type of things are interacting. There's a contest, there's an award, there's energy. They're getting to know people. The more people they get to know, the easier it is to maintain the energy in the room. Sometimes it might just be asking a thought-provoking question. Questions always get answered. We've talked about this on the podcast. It might not be out loud, but engages them, right? Telling, asking a question, getting them involved. What is the solution? Or even the biggest power tool of all, telling a story, showing a video of a story. Stories persuade without detection. They grab attention. They are critical to any presentation. I cannot think of any presentation that you would give to a group of people that does not include a story. One-on-one, -on -one, analytical engineer, maybe not, but to a group, I would do one every time it does grab attention. And then 10 times more likely to remember the story. Sometimes it's just arousing curiosity, creating suspense. Using humor. We've talked about humor the last couple podcasts. Using humor. Because if they're bored, if they're not listening, it's on you. If there's no energy in the room, it's on you. Well, I've got a boring topic. No, no, no. There's no such thing as a boring topic, only boring presenters. But Kurt, no. Sure, some topics are harder than others, but a great presenter spending the time can make anything come alive, create the energy in the room, identify what's in it for them, and show them how it affects their life, how it's going to make them money, save their money, help their health, help the world, help the environment, whatever it is, you can identify that. So quit pointing fingers, 
It is on you. And if you need to, maybe create a common enemy. You know, not the CEO or somebody everybody knows in the group. But it, well, it could be someone everybody knows, but not who they work with. But if you create a common enemy like your competition or the government or the economy or something, that can really rally the troops or a common theme or a common goal. Those type of things can really rally people in a situation like this that creates a lot of energy. And it's real. You've got to do this. You have to understand that the energy is important to create that magnetism, create that charisma to have that presence. And that creates consistency. That creates congruence. And the more consistent and congruent you are in every aspect of your life, the more honest and genuine you're going to be perceived to be. So if you want presence, you have to be congruent, which is part of the things we've talked about with the six areas of your life. But you need to be congruent in your life. And that's one of my favorite stories from Mahatma Gandhi, where this mother traveled days to meet with Gandhi and said, can you tell my son to quit eating sugar? Because all the son would eat was sugar and sweets. That's all he would eat. wasn't healthy. was getting fat. Gandhi says, come back in two weeks. She's like, I just traveled a couple of days. She's I'll come back in two weeks. So she came back in two weeks with her son, and Gandhi said, quit eating sugar. <laughs> she's like, why didn't you do that two weeks ago? And, and he said, well, because I was still eating sugar. So he was congruent enough to know that he had to quit sugar before he could tell someone else that they shouldn't eat sugar. That's part of your congruence that can come across in your demeanor, in your gestures, in what you do. People can see right through these things. And that's important with magnetism is being congruent, being balanced, having energy, and understanding that's one of the core things you need to have to be magnetic and to have a good presence. So are you congruent in your life, in your message, and when you're asking other people to do? Big complaint for managers is that they're asking you to do something that they're not willing to do themselves. That is not congruent. Are you keeping your promises? Are you being balanced in your life with your physical, intellectual, spiritual, social, emotional, and financial? And are you bringing energy into the room is the big factor to having presence, to being magnetic, and to be more charismatic. And the final piece there is your attraction, how you look, your physical appearance, how you dress, the way you enter a room. It's known as the halo effect. The better looking you are, the better you are dressed. People think you're smarter, more charismatic, more magnetic than you actually are. So if all else fails, make sure you're wearing the right things. Physically, you look good. That will also help in your presence. So hopefully you've enjoyed the series on presence and charisma and connecting and attraction. It helps you get noticed. It will help you in the ability to persuade and influence. Appreciate you being here. Take a mental note that Maximize Your Influence is available on iTunes and Spotify and other podcasting networks online. You can also listen to it on Maximize Your Influence or download it or subscribe to one of these podcasts or subscribe to one of these services. And remember with my coaching services, whether it be with me or my certified persuasion coaches, your first one is free. Let us prove our worth. Let's make sure we're a good fit. Let me find out exactly how we can help you and who's the best person to do that. It could be me or somebody else. We'll walk down that path together. Just send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Put free coaching session there in the subject line, and I will return your email and set up a time to talk 
to give you some tools to make you more persuasive. Because that's what we're all about. Getting more tools, becoming more influential, more persuasive, be getting better at negotiation and understanding human nature. Why? So we'll be more successful, increase our income, make the world a better place, and to make sure we can all persuade with power. 